The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Stock Market Authority. Welcome. Uh, great to see you all and, uh, and be in your uh, earbuds as you're walking the dog or working out. Uh, what's in this for you? Sell stocks. I can't be more blunt than that. Sell stocks. Uh, if I had more exclamation points, I would. We closed below the 200-day moving average. I'm the only podcast out there that I found that talks about selling stocks as much as I do, and that's a big part of the equation. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, the mailbag, as it happens, uh, uh, brought in uh, three of the Magnificent Seven, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Amazon. We're going to go through all of those, and then we're going to go through the Stock Market Authority portfolio, my search for the 10 best ETFs to make money this year like we did it. We've done every year, including last year when everybody else was down, and we've made some, uh, some changes there. But uh, right now, today's top story. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones uh, famously said, uh, nothing good happens below the 200-day moving average. And this might get a little bit uh, wonky, especially if you're just listening. But the bottom line is the 200-day moving average is the the line under the chart that, that shows – it's a smoothing mechanism that shows the longer-term trend. And the S&P 500 this week just closed below the 200-day moving average. Not by a lot. But it did it two days in a row, it bounced feebly, it's down again today. And yes, there are some times when it tests it, breaks it by a little bit, and then reverses to the upside. Uh, but but the, the fact that we talked last week about interest rates really breaking out decisively, and I showed you that, you know, it's a trend after 40 years of interest rates going north. And we hit 10% on, on uh, the, uh, the, the t sorry, 5% on the 10-year this past week. And now, almost like uh, a domino, it's, it's, it's impacting the big stocks. We've seen a lot of deterioration in, the, in, uh, in, in, in various groups, utilities and, and uh, staples and what have you. And now it's coming after, after the generals. And uh, we're going to go through that. Uh, what also... Uh, struck me is volume. As as you know, if you if you listen to this at all, I I use volume as a a tell, if you will, uh, a confirmation or a refutation of what the price is doing. And I just think it's this simple. Yes, I know this all computers and algorithms now, but it's still something is creating abnormal buying pressure. Or selling pressure. And so when I see this S&P 500 close below the 200-day moving average two days in a row on big volume, it suggests to me that there's a lot of systems out there and a lot of real live human beings saying, I've had enough. Uh, you know, I can get 5% in, in risk-free treasury bonds and, frankly, treasury bills, uh, you know, the one year, and uh, I don't need to take the risk of these sky-high valuations, bad news out of, out of Gaza, bad news out of Ukraine, bad news out of Washington. You get the idea. And, it, it, you know, these things don't happen. Um, 
you know, they happen slowly and then all of a sudden. And now I think it's all of a sudden. This is also in juxtaposition to there's a lot of people talking about seasonality. This is the good time of the market. Okay, it's October 25th, and this is when you're supposed to be buying stocks for Santa Claus and everything else, the big rally that comes up at the end of the year. Uh, That's okay, but no one is telling the charts, and no one is telling the market participants that they should be going up. You know, I'm watching as I as I. uh, uh, you know, walk in here. I've got it on my phone. Yeah, okay. Microsoft had a good report. It's up four percent. Google, they didn't like what they said about cloud. That's down nine percent. So you know, you can do that math. Uh, that's what these are starting to weigh. So if people were thinking that earnings were going to bail us out and give us solace and 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 drive stocks higher, it simply isn't happened. And I. You know, I like to invest in the market I have, not the one I hope for. And so, yes, if I saw the the uh, market come down, kiss this two hundred day, and then reverse on big upside volume, different story. But that isn't what's happening, you know. And uh, we're running out of uh, running out of real estate here. So, you know, I uh, I like to be settled as a two by four, and I like to get you out of harm's way. And this isn't every stock that should be sold because we still have 10 that we, that we own that are working. But we had to close below the 200-day moving average in the S&P 500, you know, the market as far as I'm concerned, and most people are concerned. Uh, the fact that we talked about rates going up and now it's filtering its way into, into stocks makes sense to me. And it's also just just being manifest in the chart, uh, and we get you know the the magnificent seven that that people talk about. You know uh, we've got a bunch of those taking on water, and we'll talk about that later. So do me a favor, please, go to my website uh, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter. You get my how to sell video, and I hope I'm impressing upon you that I, I you know, I know something about this. I've gone through. I can't tell you how many uh, uh, iterations of this that uh, we know how to sell. I know how to sell, and I'll teach you. And um, so that's today's top story. Now it's time to check out the mailbag. Incoming! There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. <laughs> uh, Bill from Nashville came in. Uh, uh, Bakes, why do so many uh, people hate uh, NVIDIA? And it's just, it's weird how the, the mailbag is full of the magnificent stuff, but it makes sense because people are talking about, you know, that's what's levitating the market and there's all these termites in the foundation underneath that are, uh, uh, are, are taking it out. And video, first off, I'm going to follow my son Jack's advice. This is a hold, okay, so it's going to be buy, sell, a hold, and I'm going to be really specific. Uh, and the reason they hate it is they don't own it. So they have to go, if, you know, the, the pundits that are on CNBC and Bloomberg, if you have to go to your, your, your pension committee that you work for and you charge them 75 basis points, whatever the number is, and, you know, you're, the S&P, you know, is beating them by, by, you know, six percentage points and you don't in NVIDIA, you have to come up with smart sounding reasons why it's not a suitable investment for them, even though it's number six in the index, whatever the hell the number is. And, uh, 
that's just the cold, hard realities of the business. And so, oh, well, the, the, the valuation is extreme. AI is, is uh, overhyped. Uh, there's double ordering in China, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, they missed it. The bottom line is, and a lot of people missed it. And, and um, so that's where NVIDIA is now. We had this big, you know, uh, uh, you know, spike above 300 on the first earnings report where they obliterated numbers. And here we are in this band between 400 and 500. And it's building a stair step. That's what it's doing. Now, having said that, this past week or so, we've seen the first signs of weakness. And again, I point you to this, this right arrow here I have on the, on the bottom. The volume is picking up on the down days. So it suggests that people are becoming more anxious about the earnings report in 25 days, uh, who the incremental buyer is. I don't know. But now it's starting to weaken. And as, as great as this company is and as big as the moat is, the valuation, it's not cheap. There's no question about it. You know, it looks like it's 29 times on 2025. That sounds like a long, it's a big number, and that's a long way away. They're growing far faster than that on the, on the, on the bottom line. I listen to the CEO every time he appears anywhere. He sounds 10 feet tall and bulletproof to me. The stock used to look 10 feet tall and bulletproof, and now it looks like it's 8 feet. And it might have been nicked by a bullet. I don't know. Um, I'm mixing my metaphors here. But you get the idea. The, the, uh, the volume's picking up. It's the first time... I used this before where I said, this isn't Cisco in 2000, because people pull that out as well, saying, oh, this is like the, the tech bubble of, of uh, the late 2000s. No, it's not yet. Yet. And now, for the first time, I've been talking about this for months, and I'm glad you, you brought it up, Bill. Uh, there's, some, there's some changes happening to the negative. Now, again, nothing definitive. And I think we're going to learn a lot on the earnings call on the uh, in, in 25 days, whenever the heck that is. And my concern is they have another blowout quarter and the stock goes down. And that would suggest that you know, no matter what the fundamentals are, you can't give people enough to fill this valuation. So... The, the chart is always my, my uh, the umpire in this case, the arbiter. And right now, it's starting to show weakness for the first time. So it's a hold. Watch the 200-day moving average like a hawk, which is pretty far south from here. And stay tuned to here, and I'll let you know when something really happens meaningful with NVIDIA that, uh, that uh, you know, we have to be more concerned about. So I hope you're picking up this change in tone that I have. Uh, it's very organic. It's, it's simply from going through 3,000-plus charts and saying, okay, things are changing. Things are changing, and um, uh, I don't want to uh, – it's always uh, – you know, it, it takes 100 years to grow a forest, and it takes a drunk with a match to burn it down. The downside of, of, of when, sa when sales really start to happen – I think is going to be uh, uh, pretty severe. We're not there yet with NVIDIA, but I'm just watching out for it, so I hope I've been helpful. Sally from D.C., uh, what do you think about Tesla's quarter in stock? And I know yeah, this sometimes becomes the, 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 the Tesla show, um, but it's, it's topical. It comes up all the time. It's widely owned. It's big in the S&P. It's part of the Magnificent 7, if you will. This isn't Magnificent anymore. This is a sell. And it might be vegan. Uh, sell at least a third, 
Uh, they missed on the top line and the bottom line. So all these price cuts they've done on all these models aren't driving the demand that they wanted for. And it's impacting margins, top line, bottom line. And then the call, uh, Elon became, you know, an economist and said, I can't quote him, but you know, he was very downbeat on the economy. And it just, you know... When interest rates go up, your car payment goes up, you can't afford as much car, and it impacts. Uh, it just has to. It just has to. Uh, you know, now that's coupled with technical damage. A close below the tune today on big volume, and uh, uh, things are changing for the negative at Tesla. If you have a, you know, people, planet, profit bent, uh, you know, it's more environmentally sound and impactful to buy uranium for clean and and sustainable nuclear energy than to own Tesla. And he's also alienating people with with Twitter and leaning right and some of the things he says. So Tesla to me, uh, and I know this is a big share scoop stock as well, uh, I would sell at least a third and then stay tuned here to watch when the other two parts of the cell discipline kick in. I didn't pull my book out. It's in my bag over here. But I've, I've studied this a lot. And, and I've gone through hundreds of examples of, of from the past. And this is how sales, and sometimes short sales, start to develop with action like this. Um, so... It's a sell at least a third, and uh, come back and and, uh, and and ask me again. You know if you see things down the road that that change. Uh, Joe from Austin, Texas, uh, said uh, uh, bakes Amazon. Is it a buy, sell, or hold? It's a hold. Um, I obviously by my tone, you could tell I'm unenthusiastic. And oh, by the way, the Magnificent Seven uh, Tesla isn't magnificent anymore. And I don't think Google's magnificent anymore from the earnings report that they, they put up yesterday. And Amazon, they're going to report pretty soon. This is the subject of my, my uh, how to sell uh, video from my website. And it's still valid. Okay, I, But I put one arrow here to, to summarize the three parts of the sell discipline. But it basically got you out at 165. And uh, the stock plummeted to 80-something, and, and now here we are, uh, 128, 50% retracement, pretty kind of classic sort of stuff from the peak. So um, uh, I, it, it looks like it's rolling over to me. The volume is not uh, as extreme as the prior example that I just gave with Tesla. It's, and it's also, if Google's complaining about their, their cloud business, What's Amazon going to say about their AWS division, which is uh, you know a big part of the of the growth story? And I'm going to bring up another thing, and this is going to sound like heresy, but Peter Lynch was wrong, and I, that's tongue in cheek. I don't mean that. He's a brilliant investor, manager of Magellan, wrote a book called uh, uh, One Up on Wall Street, and the thought process was, you know, if you're buying Nikes, you ought to own the stock. If you're drinking Starbucks, you ought to own the stock. You know, familiar kinds of, of, of companies. And when I look at student-managed investment portfolios, uh, Smiths, uh, around the, the, the country, you know, it, they kind of own the familiar names, you know, the Lululemons and the Amazons and the, and the Teslas. And, uh, you know, I think there's some validity to that, but, 
you know, unless you're Homer Simpson, you're not working in a nuclear plant and you don't have any firsthand uh, uh, relationship with, with uranium, but uranium is going to work over the next year or two, at least, at least. So I want to, uh, I love these great com- com- uh, companies that, that, you know, grow to these, these behemoth sizes and these multi uh, uh, trillion dollar market caps, but there's so many things to do. You don't have to exclusively invest in those. And if you own an index fund, they're going to buy. You know, an S and P index fund, they're going to own them. You're going to own them automatically. So that's my thought process. I like owning the S and P, and then I like doing my stuff, so we can make money every year and and have a lot of fun with a lot of these quirky groups. So. Uh, that's it for the mailbag this week. If you want to write into the show with any questions or comments, email me at bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice recording. Maybe my Australian friends will help me out with that, and we can play your question on the show. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager Kevin Bakes-Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. We are back, and today we're talking about sell stocks. Nothing good happens below the 200-day moving average. It's like a nightclub at, at, at two. Uh, so now it's time for the Stock Market Authority portfolio. Uh, and I must be nuts because I put this up here, but I like to keep my feet to the fire, and I'm trying to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about. And the first thing I want to you know, mention is uh, I have no big losses, and uh, you know, be honest with yourself. How many big losses do you have in your in your portfolio right now? And I just don't let it happen. And this happens over twenty five plus years, starting with the crash of eighty seven. I learned that if you cut losses and let your winners run, it, it's a lot more fun. And and to spend eighty percent of your time on on your twenty percent of losers is just lousy. So I've got. Eight stocks in the green, ETFs in the green, and two very, very small losses, and nothing in double digits. So uh, I, cutting losses really, really works. So enough of that diatribe. Uh, our performance, we're up two times the hedge fund since we started. We get to go short, so I like to compare myself to the hedge funds. Uh, this year, we're down 12%. The uh, market's up 10 We beat the market by 25 26% last year. They're beating us this year. But, uh, you know, I'm throwing punches around and preaching from my chair, like Pete Townsend would say. Uh, we try to make money every year. I try to make money every year. It's me. And uh, so far, so good. And I just, you know, uh, I listen to a lot of people, especially older folks, 
saying, you know, I just uh, got a settlement or, or, or uh, an inheritance and I want to invest it, but I don't want to lose money. Well, we're a, a partial solution to that, I think. And um, with, with the explosion of ETFs, there's 3,000 plus. When I go to my MarketSmith system, it takes me about a day. I go through 3,000 plus ETF charts and, and find all these crazy things that, that um, you know, we can do that aren't you know, your boilerplate buying Amazon and Tesla. Uh, and your, man, your money manager has a different goal. Uh, you know, they get paid to beat an index, and so if uh, the S and P's down twenty and they're down fifteen, you know, they get high five than a bonus. And I think being up six or seven, like we were last year, makes more sense. So enough of that uh, self-aggrandizement. The end game. What am I doing this for? Eventually, I want to wrap all this into you know one bakes ETF, uh, uh, and and you know be your hedge fund that. Makes money every single year, all weather, simple, fun, less expensive. You get the idea. So stay tuned for, for, for that. Uh, right now, we're 25% in uranium. Yes, this became the uranium channel about a month or so ago. I tried to you know, not beat that dead horse, but I wanted to impress that you know, that was the time to buy. And, and, and this is the time to hold. The uranium story is very much intact. We are, uh, the spot price is at 73.74, so we've taken out uh, those 2011 Fukushima uh, highs so that we've, we've got eaten through a lot of resistance, and it, it took, you know, obviously 12 years to do so, but it's game on, folks, and we need nuclear power. We need uh, uranium to feed all these nuclear plants that are being extended and are being built, particularly in, uh, in China, and, uh, you know, we're right, and we're going to stay right for as long as we need to. We're 7% oil and gas services. I don't own any of the producers, uh, and it's acted okay. We're 17% AI, robotics, technology. You know, ETFs that have, ET, you know, NVIDIA is, is their you know, top three name, that kind of a thing. And that's working out all right. Uh, Bitcoin, we're 13% in Bitcoin through the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, and that's worked out wonderfully. We're up 30% plus the... Um, uh, Spot uh, Bitcoin took out thirty-one thousand, so it's eaten through a lot of resistance. And uh, you know, I think the possibility of Bitcoin doubling is on the table. Uh, that's the the prior high, and um, we've had the uh, uh, SEC not challenge a a court case that they lost, which means we the the likelihood of spot ETFs being approved. And incremental buying demand showing up, I think, is there. And that's also coupled with the fact that we've got a government that is dysfunctional and, and wasteful. And they're getting called on it. And so the, the uh, dollar depreciation is, is, uh, is certainly potentially there. We're 10% in Egypt. Um, uh, this is a new one. We're learning a lot more about this. But the chart is absolutely beautiful. We shorted real estate, 7% real estate through REK. Uh, again, we talked about this last week. It's it's not the the uh, you know San Francisco apartment buildings and the Boston office buildings that I wish it was, but needless to say, rates going up. It's bad for real estate, and um, 
uh, we're short the Russell 2000, the small caps, uh, 4% of that. We're 1% in Pakistan. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Another podcast talking about the Pakistan stock market. I, I'm the only one, trust me. Uh, and we're 6% in cash. So that's a, you know, a weird portfolio to buttress and balance against your S&P portfolio. And, uh, and here we go. Uh, this next chart is, is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And I hope I'm... Uh, uh, you know, your, your eyes are becoming trained. I know if you're, you know, walking the dog, you're not going to see this. But uh, I want to see new highs, relative strength, and increase in volume on the up days. And this is just absolutely classic where it simply suggests that from the time we bought this in June at 18 bucks, it's being confirmed by the price action and by the volume. And we're at 26 plus now. We're up 44%. Uh, again, we, the Bitcoin spot price is above 30, 31,000. And uh, it's just one of the prettiest charts out there. And, um, you know, I'm no schoolboy, but I know what I like. And uh, this is, I like Bitcoin and I like the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. We, uh, uh, the next one is REK. We shorted the Russell 2000. Uh, you can see here. The um, the arrows that I've, I've drawn, the new high, the big volume, and it just confirms that there's a, a negative change in the Russell 2000. This is a, an ETF that benefits when the Russell 2000 goes down, it goes up inversely. So it shorts, it goes the opposite way of, of the Russell 2000. Um, this is the small caps. They have a big percentage of them are unprofitable, so higher interest rates are going to hurt them more, I believe, in terms of their valuations. There's a high percentage of regional banks in here, which act awful. And um, uh, I can read a chart. And this is, this is uh, I think, uh, a way to make money in a down market. You know, that's our tagline, how to make money in up and down markets. And if this market really accelerates to the downside, I want to have some exposure just like this. Uh, we bought Egypt this past week, EGPT, the Van Eck Egypt fund. This is oil and banks heavy. Uh, again, I'm learning a lot more about this. The chart is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I like going where uh, you know other people aren't going to be until much, much later. So uh, stay tuned. There'll be more on this, believe me, uh, coming down the road. I'm going to go through recent improvements in my newsletter and uh, social media posts. Please subscribe, follow, and share. That's how we're invested uh, October 25th. 25th. Hmm. Let's get into this week's Bakes Takes. Uh, and here are my takes. Um, uh, I'm reaching out to every student-managed investment fund in, in universities around the country that I can. And, um, and help me out with that, please. If you have a, a connection, I want to know about it. This is free. Uh, and uh, what I find is that the traditional curriculum covers the buy side it doesn't cover the sell side. So I hope I'm showing I know how to sell. I have a discipline that I think you should at least be aware of and adopt. Uh, I teach you how to read charts, which also is given short shrift in traditional academia. And uh, I know how Wall Street really works. I've been 25 plus years in the business. 
six different firms. I kind of know where the bodies are buried, and I'll tell you, you know, how uh, this really works outside of the textbooks. And I hope that's valuable. I think it is. That's my feedback that I'm getting from you so forth. Um, I included here, and I encourage you to listen, to click on the link and listen to the Lots More podcast. This is from Bloomberg. Tracy Alloway and Jill Weisenthal uh, interviewed uh, Gregory Brew, who is an analyst at uh, Eurasia Group. And he has studied Iran and oil and geopolitics more than I certainly have. Very knowledgeable. But I listened to this, and I just said, uh, rising oil prices seems inevitable between uh, the, the, the conflict that's there now, the neighboring countries, talk of embargoes already starting to happen, the potential for supply disruptions. It, it, it just seems almost inevitable to me, and that's what I walked away from. And then I uh, went back to my, my SPR chart, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and, you know, uh, my politics are pretty obvious, but, you know, Biden tried to shave, uh, did. He shaved 20 cents off of gas prices of the last election. He depleted the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's down to all-time lows, 19 days, just in time for Hamas and, 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 and Israel to really flare up. And um, uh, so, again, there's no, there's no bailouts coming from the SBR this time. And the supply disruption risk, I think, is substantial, and I think demand's okay. And so, uh, again, there's two different aspects that I think are pushing uh, energy prices higher. I couple that with the, trying to weave all this together a little bit. Last week, I showed the, the uh, interest payments of the federal government, and now I'm showing the federal debt. And the debt is now $25 trillion plus and growing. And the interest rate on that is growing as well. And so no one cares about debt and deficits until they do, and the bond market tells them to. And with the 10-year hitting 5% this past week, the market is starting to say, we, we demand more interest for the risk you're putting on us by lending you money for the next 10 years. And this makes it to me... I don't see how that's going to change anytime soon. Then I um, uh, couple that with the regional bank chart. And this is the KRE. This is the S&P Regional Banks ETF. And what sunk the Silicon Valley banks of the world back in March was they, they uh, invested money in bonds at 1% and 2%. Now those rates are 5 and the value of the bonds are down, and it whacks the capital base of the bank. Um, and now you layer on top of that the fact that you've got a credit cycle, you've got commercial real estate starting to weaken, and it's showing up in the chart here. This bank, this bank index, the regional banks, less so the J.P. Morgan's and what have you, uh, this is rolling over and breaking down, and the volume is confirming it. So... Uh, it feeds into my Russell 2000 small cap short. Uh, regional banks, I think it's a lousy business and it's getting worse, and that isn't a fun place to be in my opinion. So do me a favor, go to my website, sign up for my free newsletter. Those are my bakes takes for this week. Uh, as we uh, close out this show, I always like to end with some much-needed levity. And uh, this is Brian Regan, Mom and Dad, This is Clean. It's about six minutes. 
Uh, some very funny bits in this, and I recommend it highly as the antidote for my sell stocks uh, uh, theme for this uh, th- for the past half hour. Thanks for being with me. I appreciate your attention. I know you have a choice of a lot of podcasts. Thank you for flying with Bakes, and uh, I will. Uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about next week. You tell me what you want me to talk about, and I will see you soon. All right. Keep smiling. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.